You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And we're back from the you know, my vacation break. <laughs> What'd you do while I was gone, Brad? <laughs> I uh, I smoked cigars. I continued um, being a productive member of society and continuing to work to earn my daily keep. Yeah, I smoke and drink every day. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's to be expected. Yep. Smoke a lot, drink a lot. Then I drink some more, but that's you know that's cruise life. I got a uh, I got <laughs> some sneak peek on uh, some Disney Plus while you were away, and yeah, I uh, I had to play catch up when I got back because I literally ordered that shit right before I left. So I was like, all right, I'm going to marathon the the Mando when I got back. So uh, what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, so this week we've got the Rocky Patel number six. Um, this is going to be a Honduran Corojo wrapper with uh, binder and filler from Honduras and Nicaragua. Um, you yeah, know, this uh, right off the bat is a lot sweeter than um, some of the other Rocky stuff I'm, I'm familiar with. Yeah, it's not. I mean, they say the yeah the tobacco blend for this cigar was picked for its natural sweetness, so it's not. It doesn't have that you know sweet Jane or acid like actual tastes like there's it's dipped in fucking sugar but it it does have a kind of a natural a natural sweetness to it it doesn't taste like you know some of the sugar added <laughs> cigars I mean, to, to i guess kind of put it in a retrospect like this has got rocky's name on it but this very much smokes like some of the more niche patel stuff that i've yeah. had um more so than what i'm traditionally accustomed to with Rocky. So, I, you know, kind of interesting to see them branch off and try something new and different, I guess. You know, a lot of... I mean, it's um definitely different than what we typically go for, so it's nice to be talking about something different. Yeah, and it's not... Uh, you know, it's definitely a medium. Yeah, it definitely doesn't, doesn't feel like it has a lot of strength so far, but we just, just lit up. But, you know... I mean, we just had a nice, you know, barbecue meal, you know, kind of a, a sweeter, it's almost like a nice little dessert after, uh, after dinner. And I'm okay with that, actually. I mean, you know, like it, it's nice to not just have another powerhouse, you know. <laughs> Mix it up a little, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, literally I was gone for a week and smoked like two cigars a day. So it's like, ah, nice. I mean, those are rookie numbers. Nice. My lungs a little, <laughs> a little rest once I got back. Oh, <laughs> uh, and you know, one thing you need if you're gonna, you know, be uh, on island time to keep you going, StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code for Cigarners for twenty percent off your order. They come in tiny little tin pouches. Hey, it's Christmas time. Great stocking stuffers, Hanukkah stuffers, you know, whatever stuffers you need for whatever you celebrate. You know, give the gift of energy. You can put up with your kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all need that, uh, you know, for the holidays. <laughs> oh, and also, it's good to call in a strike force if you're going to go hunt bounties, because you now we've we've de- been debating for the the 
probably all of last year of whether or not we were going to purchase the Disney Plus. And spoiler alert, we purchased the Disney Plus for the sole reason of watching the goddamn Mandalorian. And that was what we have done. I mean, we've got six episodes so far, so we smoked the Rocky Pell number six. <laughs> See how that goes. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it's hard to not talk about Star Wars when we've got the new film coming out Friday and everything as well. So, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, give our thoughts on The Mandalorian up to this point. Speculate what's in store for, you know the you know future of not only the mandalorian but i guess you know just star wars in general um because i gotta say like as a fan of the old republic video game like this this uh movie series it's like why do i have 30 minute episodes i need like hour episodes (laughs) i need more yeah i gotta say well like so we'll get into it deeper once we we start the main segment but i look more forward to this than I do Rise of Skywalker. I, I was anticipating this coming out more than the next movie. <laughs> well. And when, stay tuned to see whether or not that uh, <laughs> that uh, anticipation was justified. Yay! Is that the end of the segment? Sure, let's, let's, let's start this shit. <laughs> And welcome back to a galaxy far, far away to another app that we said, are we really going to spend enough money on another fucking app? Dude, Disney pretty much owns everything. So yes, we knew it was inevitable. <laughs> and the first is like, it's Disney. It's going to be a kid shit that it's like, oh no, homies, we've got all of Marvel. We've got all your Star Wars. And guess what? We're going to give you new Star Wars. And Star Wars you actually want to see. Not that shit that we've been putting in theaters. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Like like I said, you know, um, toward the segue into this segment. You know, I played a lot of Star Wars The Old Republic. You know, MMORPG, I guess, is what that would be considered. But, you know, I... There the, was even such, the old KOTAR. Exactly. And, and there was such great storytelling and everything else that it's like there's so much content here why aren't we getting movie adaptations because i mean just strictly the stories and the cutscenes and everything else i'm like this is movie worthy like yeah <laughs> so before we really get into the mandalorian uh Spoil- what do you think of the the app itself like disney plus now that we've had a couple weeks to explore it like 
it looks here's, like there's here's what I think about not only Disney Plus, but you know, um, I guess I'm gonna echo the same sentiments are going to apply to Steam versus Epic Games Launcher. Um, folks that like Borderlands Three. And a lot of games that are being exclusively released on Epic will understand where I'm going with this. So, Disney Plus. We knew it was going to be huge. It's got Disney's name behind it. Why the fuck did they not take the stuff that made Netflix, Hulu, all the best components <laughs> of the other streaming services I, I think I know and go ahead and release that in a full bundle instead of releasing something that was pretty well subpar at best for a user interface oh, no, <laughs> and lacked a lot of the functionality and features that Netflix and other streaming service providers have already been doing. It's not like it's proprietary technology, but you would have had a robust and a lot more user-friendly experience. Yeah, because it was like, you know, leading up till November, well, November 13th, I think, when that thing went live, it was kind of like, hey, we're going to have all these Marvel TV shows, we're going to have... All, you know, they were they were hyping up all their original content, which is what kind of what Netflix is doing now. But once it launched, it was like, here's all the Disney Vault, here's all the Star Wars movies, here's all the Avengers movies that we have we that aren't still leased to other services that we have to wait for that stuff to expire before we can get it back. But the original content was like there was what maybe a cup a handful of new shows and not a lot of what they promised that's not coming out till next year and shit but that being said it's 6 bucks a month and the there especially if you're a fan of old cartoons or even like 90s era disney yeah cuz i mean and marvel gonna, cartoons know, like I'll i could follow down on youtube just watching uh, our whole just watching the like whatever ultimate spider-man and all the Avengers and hell, the I mean, fucking Clone the, Wars. The very first thing I opened up was uh, probably Darkwing Duck and then Gargoyles. <laughs> Before I ever explored anything of, you know, what new is potentially <laughs> yeah. on the app. Yeah, because, I mean, Clone Wars is there, Rebels is there. Like, there's a lot of great stuff that will take you a ton of time to go through. But the thing I think where they've definitely missed on so far is... Every other streaming service, when they release a series, you get a hundred percent of the series day one. And they're doing like regular traditional TV method of like, we're going to give you one episode a week and, and make and you, you know, I, wait I, this out. And here, like I, literally binge watching was invented by Netflix and everyone well, else has followed suit. And Disney's like, here's, nah, here's the deal. We're going though. old school. If you <laughs> subscribe to Disney plus for only one service, and they release whatever you know show you're interested in, and one go, you binge it. You're done with Disney Plus. You cancel your subscription. <laughs> yeah. So by, I think you know basically dripping episodes and it yeah, it's forced people to that, to stay on longer than that week free it, trial. <laughs> exactly, and I I think that that's probably the marketing behind it is to create more retention and you know a longer subscriber base which that and i think too with like the original content there wasn't enough of it at the start so it's like we got to slowly deal this out until well, we I can mean, catch up with original products i mean at the same time though like 
there was such a demand for the service and everything that regardless of what content was there, the servers weren't up to capacity to support the users trying to, you know, oh, get yeah, on I didn't, the stream stuff. Like, I didn't sign up for at least a week after it was out because there was so many people like that tried to jump on day one. I saw on Facebook going, well, the servers crashed. We can't get in. I think they had like, some, well, I think we said the other week, 10 million subscribers on the first day. So it's like, all right, we'll give this about a week until they get up and running before I, before I and sign up. I mean, up. that's kind of the other thing too. Like, I don't know. You know, I, I mentioned Epic games and, you know, video game stuff and everything. And it's almost like now companies are just rushing to get a product to market People are still paying, whether it's a subscription or they're paying full retail for a game. And, you know, then you're just waiting on patches and updates and everything else. And it's like, congratulations, you paid X number of dollars to be a beta tester. <laughs> or, you know, you have to wait, like, months for, you know, something to get completed and there to be a actual full video game release instead of just a... Hey, here's a little bit of content. We're finishing the rest and everything else. Like, yep. I don't know. I think that's where you know people really need to be more educated and you know figure out that hey, you know we can make some changes, but you know bitching about it on the internet isn't going to do it. You got to speak <laughs> with your wallets, and you got to get enough people educated and engaged enough to you know want to do that as well. I guess. Yeah, I mean, and that being said, uh, freaking. I, I if if this had been available to binge, I would have watched it all in like two days. But here, like it's like all right, got something to anticipate. Yeah, because <laughs> I know what my Fridays like, have done you know, for the I next fired eight up, weeks. You know, the Mandalorian. I'm like, oh, I only get like two episodes. Ah, uh, <laughs> not at all what I anticipated. <laughs> and it tripped me out when you know the first episode I think was a full hour. And then after that, it dropped to 30 minutes. And I was like, oof. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's like, I want more. I mean, and I've said it before. I was more anticipating this than I am, you know, the next Star Wars movie. And, and for y'all that are listening, like, bro, there's only six episodes up. Why didn't y'all wait till the series was over? Freaking Star Wars comes out Fridays. We're probably going to do a Star Wars episode next. So. Trust us, by the time the next episode goes up, the last two episodes of The Mandalorian will be out, and we can kind of give you our final thoughts uh, when we're talking about Rise of Skywalker. And, I mean, do people really want to, <laughs> you know, listen to us talk about it versus watch it firsthand? Like, that's always my thing, right? Like, like we talked about with the video game streams and stuff. Like, I could be doing that myself. Why do I want to watch, you know, unless it's just a game where it's, like, insanely difficult or something? It's like... I want to experience it firsthand, not watch somebody else, you know, and vicariously experience it through, you know, sitting behind my computer or something <laughs> like. Yeah. So without further ado, the Mandalorian, um, head writer, showrunner, John Favreau, AKA the man who invented the MCU for the first two Iron Man movies. Why has he not done like, a feature length star Wars. Like I would, after watching the Mandalorian, I would have rather of him do the freaking last trilogy than freaking JJ. Well, I mean, <laughs> here's the deal, right? Like, cause it's so I, I, well, he, well written. It's a whole, that's kind of been one of my biggest gripes about the new stuff. It's like the writing is horrible, but at the same it's time, so, and it doesn't sound like star Wars, which I'll get into in a minute. 
but it looks like Star Wars. At the same time, though, do you think it's easier to write, you know, a 30-minute something versus a full two or two-and-a-half-hour something? Because well, when you add it all together, it is like a but at the same three-hour something. But at the same time, you get breaks, and you have, like, the way they're doing the series now... You know, because you have a main story arc. And then, like, uh, we, we talked about at the cigar shop, like, this very much feels like some of the older Western movies, right? Where, yeah, you know, some of the episodes, yeah, they do tie in and there's a little bit of continuity. But then it's, hey, I'm a bounty hunter and I took this mission, so this next episode has nothing to do with that main arc. Which is Whereas, kind of what I, what I would have wanted to see after out of a, it's a Boba Fett show without having Boba Fett. Because... It's the story of a bounty hunter, so that's kind of the life. It's like one random mission after another. It's not like, you know, following a unit of the Rebel Alliance who's constantly fighting for freedom. No, this is a guy who takes random jobs, you know, from place to place. And it felt like the first, because like I said, we're six episodes in, the first maybe three episodes had a good... The first three episodes was like the pilot movie. I mean, they were all very a continuation of the same story. And then the three episodes after that have been one-offs, which are kind of cool, standalone little little I, stories. I, I think the first three episodes were like, we need to just show Baby Yoda as much as we can and just win the you know cuteness award of the internet and become meme worthy. And then after that, you know, like people are going to tune in just to figure out what's <laughs> going on with, uh, with Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, that's like pretty much like the meme I saw. It's like, when you think the show's about you, but it's really about, you know, <laughs> Baby Yoda. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, you know. Uh, Baby Yoda dies, we riot. <laughs> and I, I've Disney some... is going to make so much money this holiday season. I mean, I think they were like, don't worry, we're going to have Baby Yoda merchandise. Like, it's coming. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen, like, people are crocheting Baby Yodas and everything else, and it's like. What if it's not even Yoda? What if it's, you know... <laughs> and that's the thing, too, people, like, the the weird internet trolls, back to our game of troll or, a, or asshole, where it's like, it's not Yoda, it's a member of his species. We're like, yeah, but none of us know what the fuck Yoda's species called, and I've read a lot of Star Wars books. So Baby Yoda is the thing that makes the most sense until they give us a damn species of these motherfuckers. And it's not even going to be a species, it'll be a clone, you know, um, which... I guess as we talk through the first episode, I'll bring kind of that tidbit of a theory to life, I suppose. Yeah, so... Because somebody knows a lot more than they're alluding to when it comes to cute little same species as Yoda, but... Just don't feed them after midnight. (laughs) That's the other meme I saw with freaking Gizmo. He's like, I'm the cutest thing ever, and then it's like, baby Yoda, hold my beer, you will. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, but I mean, this also like you know, I said John Favreau is the the main guy, but you know, there's a lot of good directors too: Dave Filoni, Rick uh, Famadua, Deborah Chow, Bryce Dallas Howard, Taki Taki Watiti from Thor. <laughs> you know? Like, there's like, and I I swear this is like, this whole series has been like. John Favreau going to put all my friends in Star Wars. Well, because there is so many like just little cameos and like people you're like, the fuck's he doing in a Star Wars? <laughs> but I mean, it works, and you yeah. know, I mean, and it's apparent that these people are passionate about the project. And oh yeah, because it's people so, that are say 
their art, well, most of these guys are our age at this point, you know, grew up on Star Wars. You're like, hell yeah, I want to be in, I'll, I'll do anything. Like freaking the very first episode, the Mando goes to some random bar and, and gets his first bounty before he gets sent on the mission to find Baby Yoda. And the alien he arrests is Horatio Sanz. <laughs> and the, uh, the guy driving the cab that gets him out to his, uh, his ship is like another like famous comedian. And that's all he's like, I'm the random taxi driver who gets eaten by like a, a space alligator. <laughs> like, but he's like, you know, he's like, you know, big nerd guy. He's like, do you want to be in Star Wars? Fuck yeah, I want to be in Star Wars. <laughs> but I mean, you know, as many rumors that circulated about a Mandalorian, whether it's a movie, a TV show, how many times were was stuff teased that never came to fruition? <laughs> so I think this is, you know, like a great way to be like, hey, fellow nerds, people that were interested in, you know, a Mandalorian thing, um, show me your passion and here's your opportunity to do something with the series you never got. Yeah, it's like, you know, because we've always wanted to kind of more of a, a Boba Fett type thing. And it's like, this is kind of the what we wanted without getting, you know, just a freight straight, you know. But I think it works. Hand job you to know, the fans. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you know, bounty hunting is bounty hunting. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to downplay, you know, the popularity of, you know, a Boba Fett or anything like that. But. You know, for them to not have that character and to showcase the level of success that this here this series has had, just with you know some random Mando, like I think is absolutely freaking awesome. And I like too that it's not he's qualified, but he also seems to be young. Where it's like he, you see him like earning his armor, where it's like Beskar, you know if you aren't familiar with the world of the Mandos is like what traditional armors made out of. But during the war with the empire, the empire like took over Mandalore and mined the shit out of that for battleship armor. So it's very, it's super rare at this point. And like, he's got kind of like ghetto armor. And as he's, he's getting paid in Beskar steel from this guy who wants him to find Yoda. And the first thing it's like, any costumers, like I just spent my whole paycheck on new armor. It's pretty much what he did. <laughs> he gets paid. And he's like, I'm going to get a new suit. <laughs> Because his first one, like, suit's going to bring a lot of up. attention. Yeah, and it's like just bright ass chrome, which it's cool because he doesn't like you know Boba Fett's. It had like it was lived in, it had character, it had like symbols on him, and you kind of learn that like because at one point she offers to make like oh you defeated this you know horned monster thing that will be your symbol, and he's like no it wasn't a clean kill I was helped by my enemy, so it's like you know his armor is like bright and shiny because it's like. And I think Mando culture, like the color of your armor kind of represents your, there's feeling and, and meaning behind the color of your armor. And he's, he's kind of new. He hasn't like earned the right to become flashy yet, I guess, <laughs> which is kind of, kind of, cause he does get his, he, he, he always comes out on top, but bro gets his ass kicked a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, <laughs> he ultimately wins, but. You know, it's it's a it's a you know. I mean, one he has some good the, fights there. <laughs> one versus the world, you're 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 destined to take you know a few hits now and then, you know. But I I don't know. See, I think that it, it does a great job of. Yes, obviously he is skilled in the use of weapons, but the the use of tactics. Yeah, I think is one of the cool things that you know. 
Oh, that first fight scene we get where he's in that opening bar and those guys jump him and he just like kicks the shit out of that one guy tries to run and he like hits him with the, uh, the cable draws him back in and closes the door on his head. (laughs) I'm like, that is some gangster shit. And, you know, Favreau said that, you know, his kind of intention with all this is he was making a space Western and that's exactly what this looks like. You know, I mean, it looks like it's in the star Wars universe, but it has that, Wait, Classic Clint so did Eastwood we just movie get feel. Firefly without realizing we got Firefly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one of his ship, the, uh, when she had the Razor's uh, crest, crest or whatever, kind of looks a little Firefly-esque. <laughs> From the first time I saw that thing, I mean, like, this could definitely fit in the Firefly universe. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even, the, like I said, it reminds me of, you know, the man with no name or like, you know, some of these classic Clint Eastwood Westerns where you really don't know his name. I mean, I think it may say it once, but other than that, everyone just calls him Mando because he's just like this faceless, you know, soldier for hire. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, what is a Mando? You know, nobody's seen him outside their armor or anything else. So, I mean, you know, it's not like, hey, I've gotten to know this, you know, unique person's identity. All they really know is, oh, you're a member of the guild and we know what the guild represents, but. Yeah, you know, you're a representative of the guild, not a representative of yourself, really. And and two, he's, you know, where Boba Fett was always, he was very like, I don't care as long as I'm getting paid, because he worked for the Empire, which was to us the bad guys, and even Jango Fett, you know, was working for the Sith, you know. But this guy's like, you know, I do what I get paid for, but he has like a code, like a sense of honor. Like, you know, he gets the baby Yoda and, and, but then he has this cause he himself was adoptions big in the Mandalorian culture. He was a orphan that was taken in by the Mandos. So he sees this kid and he like kind of sees himself and he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to let him become some Guinea pig for the empire. Yeah. I did my job. I got paid, but now I'm going to go fucking rescue his ass. <laughs> I completed the contract. Now I'm going to renegotiate. Pray. I don't re- I renegotiate further. <laughs> yeah, cause that's uh you know, the, the interesting thing, you know, because, like, I know, like, in video games, if I played, you know, a Mandalorian character, I didn't care if it was good, if it was bad, if it paid, I was doing it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of cool to see that, you know, oftentimes, you know, there's the, you know, hey, once you collect on a bounty, you ask no questions. It is the way. And, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, here he's like, no, I'm going to ask some fucking questions because just to do some shit for the, you know, sake of doing it without knowing the repercussions or the why behind it or anything. like, And that first, you know, definitely adds to that moral compass that, you know. Yeah, because you've seen him, like, kill the shit out of people, but then he also doesn't kill unless it's necessary. Like, you know, later on in the episode. I mean, he pretty much only kills when, you know, somebody has threatened or tried to kill him. Yeah. You know, because it almost seems like... Because that last mission, you know, pretty, pretty much like, you know, you think he killed everybody, but then he actually locked them all up, and he's like, doesn't... And, you know, he was kind of concerned with, like, we're going to go rob a New Republic prison ship, and he's like, they're like, don't worry, it's all droids, we're not going to kill anybody. <laughs> Until they kill somebody. And it kind of goes south from there. But, yeah, he's he's kind of like, got that honorable, you know, cowboy <laughs> code of justice. I mean, which, you know, once again, I think that's what, you know, really adds to the Western feel, right? Because, 
you know, so many of those things, you know, the, the Westerns did a great job of making the outlaw, you know, kind of the modern day, you know, Robin Hood or the hero. Yeah. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you're going against the law of man, but sometimes the law of man is, you know, pretty immoral. Um, yeah, and that, uh, the first episode where he goes to find the, the Yoda and... Our our first kind of guest star, he runs into a uh, vapor farmer by name Kulil, I think, but it voiced by uh, uh, was it uh, freaking Nick Nolte? <laughs> but it it it's like he was like he's like you're gonna need my help. I don't need help. Nope, I've spoken. This is like <laughs> and it's like mm, I've spoken. <laughs> We're done talking. <laughs> which which I loved because he when he shows him to the the uh, hideout and there's another bounty hunter there, which is IG 11, which is a badass like dual wielding assassin bot, which is funny as shit. Cause they're like outnumbered and stuff. And he's like, well, we're outnumbered. I'm going to, I'm going to self-destruct. That's my, he's like, no, do not self-destruct. We can do this. <laughs> no, no, I think we're definitely going to lose. I'm going to self-destruct now. Would you stop self-destructing? <laughs> it, was just, <laughs> it was like in the middle of this badass gunfight, but it's still like just funny as shit. Him like, Goddamn droids! Would you stop fucking self-destructing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not over till it's over. <sighs> Once again, I felt like the droids were directly out of the games I played too, because that's exactly <laughs> what they would do. They'd be like, "Oh no, we're gonna try to turn the tides of battle," and "Oh shit, I blew up," and even though you weren't gonna die, you're dead now. <laughs> like, Thanks. Oh, and that second episode with the Jawas is probably the funniest. I'm so, so far, episode three's been my favorite, but. Episode two is definitely the funniest where once he finds the, the child and goes back to his ship, the fucking Jawas have stripped that motherfucker to the frame <laughs> and he's like sniping them, trying to like get it back. And they like, they're like throwing shit out, out at him and oh, teeny. And he's like, you mother. And he finally goes back to that guy and like, they stole my ship. He's well, like, they didn't steal it. They, <laughs> they, they scrapped, scrapped it. it. And, so, and the thing about scraps is. They can be bought back. Yeah. And the, he's like, come on, I will negotiate for you. I have spoken. <laughs> he takes, he's like, you better, you know, they're, they're nervous. You better put down your guns. He's like, no, nah, I'm Mandalorian. Weapons are part of my religion. And I'm like, I'm so using that now. <laughs> Anyone's like, why are you buying so many guns? It's part of my religion. <laughs> but, but when he starts negotiating with the, with the Jawas, he's like, man, they really hate you. And he's like, well, I did disintegrate a few of them. It's understandable. <laughs> And then he starts trying to talk, and they're like, "Uh, oh, your Jawa sounds like crap. You sound like a Wookiee. <laughs> Just giving him shit. It's like, we've never actually like seen a translation of what angry Jawa speak is, and it's just as funny as you would think it is. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, well, what can we trade to get his shit back? And they're like, we need the egg. The egg, the egg. <laughs> and it's like, okay. And then goes to hunt this like hairy rhino thing. And that was the moment like when, I mean... He gets in there and it gets his ass kicked. It's charging him. He just pulls out his knife and it's just like, kind of like, all right, I may die, but you know, this is the way I'm going to, I'm going to take the hit. And then all of a sudden it like stops and levitates and you see the little, cause you're like, yeah, it looks like a Yoda. And then the motherfucker, like baby, 50 year old baby, like force levitates this thing. And we're like, oh fuck. <laughs> that was like the, uh, damn near drop my beer moment of <laughs> watching episode two. So, you know, between episodes one and two, so it's apparent that the Empire knows 
something about this species, or maybe this is an exact clone of Yoda. Yeah, because that's one of the theories I've seen floating around the internet, right. because we know from the trailers the Emperor returns in Rise of Skywalker, which dude got thrown down a Death Star. Pretty sure he's dead. Could this be part of some kind of cloning experiment where, like, hey, some scientist cloned a Yoda back in the day? Like, we should study it and figure out how to clone, bring the Emperor back. And that, that was too, because this thing is set not far in the future like the new movies are, but just five years after Return of the Jedi. So the Empire is still there, but it is definitely in its death throes. So this client is possibly some kind of former Imperial. But the stormtroopers that are all guarding them, their armor is just like dirty and nasty. And it's, it's like definitely not uh, battle quality. Uh, <laughs> like I said, discipline is kind of kind of starting to, to wane in the Empire from the looks of it. And I, I thought it was kind of a cool concept. It wasn't the shiny white Imperials yeah. we're used to. It's like these are dirty guys that are on the run. And, and they still can't shoot shit. No. <laughs> but yeah, now that that was one of the ideas that I was toying with because it's like somebody knows a lot more than what's being alluded to. Yeah, because that doctor is very interested. But yeah, when he goes and gets his new new armor, and that's the first time we... Because he got a little bit of armor the first episode. We only saw the one Mandalorian armorer lady. But this time when he goes back, there's a whole like enclave of Mandos that we've never seen that many Mandos. And they start, they're like, what are you doing getting Beskar from the empire? They're, you know, they're the ones that like, you know, fucked up our country. He's like, and they're like, he's like, and there's like, you know, you fucking rookie. And they like, try to take his helmet off. Cause apparently like they're not allowed to show their face in, uh, in front of anyone. But then like, there's like, no, he's like, they're like, there is no more empire. Like he brought, Beskar back home. Like this, this is the way. And they're like, all right. Yep. This is the way that, that that's the new catchphrase. Like the first catchphrase was I have spoken. Now it's like, this is the way <laughs> I can, I can see that, you know, definitely being, you know, the next dragon con thing. You yep. know? So say we all, this <laughs> is the way <laughs> How do I get to the bathroom. This is the way <laughs> it's like my answer to everything. Now when someone asked me, no, no, this is the way <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> but yeah, that the end of episode three is probably the, like I said, that's why that's probably been my absolute favorite episode. Uh, that was one directed by Deborah Chow is after he gets paid, goes back to, to, uh, <laughs> and the little, the little freaking baby Yoda, like keep stealing the knob off his gear shifter. He's like, it's not a toy. Damn it. And then he gets back to his ship, you know, except for the new mission he looks and he sees the little ball and he's like, all right, I can't do it. I got to, he goes back and just fucks up some stormtroopers. That, that flamethrower is badass at close range. But then once he gets out, it like reactivates all the bounty hunters and like all the bounty hunters come after him. Like, no, you've, uh, violated the rules. Give us the package, you know? And you think he, you know, and he holds his own for a while, fucking up all the, the bounty hunter guild. But then when the man, the missile like this, like drops out of nowhere, and all the Mandalorians come over the building with the jetpacks, and you got that one big son of a bitch with like the chain gun blaster, like the freaking heavy weapons Mando. I was like, "Fuck yes!" <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Go, brother, we got this." <laughs> and then, like as he's flying off, dude comes up on the jetpack and gives him a little salute, you know, like, and he's like, "Man, I gotta get one of those." <laughs> and then just unscrews the little ball and like throws it to the Yoda, <laughs> or he unscrews the little ball and you see the little hand come up, and he's like, "Here you go." <laughs> I mean, yeah. he could have just, you know. 
force taking that at any moment. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, man, I lifted a hairy rhino. I can steal this ball. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but yeah, that, that whole sequence of the Mandos funny, coming to... that, That's never hinted to or alluded to again. Like, you know, you would, well, you would think a badass act like that, like, <laughs> he would be asking a lot more questions and stuff. But he's just like, all right, good on you, bro. Appreciate yeah. the appreciate the assist. Like, <laughs> thanks for the help. Peace out. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, yeah that whole sequence with the Mando's coming to save his ass was like it's the first time you've seen more. Th- you know, you've seen it in the Clone Wars cartoon or even in Rebels, but that's the first time you've seen live action like a team of Mandalorians coming in and fucking up shit. I'm like, oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> yes. And then the next episode where we said these have leaned heavy in the Western, the fourth episode sanctuary. This is straight up the plot of the, uh, magnificent seven. It was the magnificent two. <laughs> I mean, he, he lands on this backwater planet and see, sees, uh, you know, UFC fighter, Gina Carrero hanging out in a bar. It turns out she's a former rebel shock trooper. And he doesn't know if she's a bounty hunter, you know, because he's like, why is this badass chick on this random ass planet? And like, order soup and like, all right, watch the kid because she took off. And they end up getting a big ass fight and like, fight to a dead stand. So where they're both like on the ground holding blasters at each other's head. Then you hear this like slurping noise and look over and the baby's sitting there just holding a soup bowl, like, yeah, I'm watching the fight. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> they finally like, you want some soup? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's be friends. <laughs> But yeah, it's like after that, as he's getting ready to leave, because she's like, "I've already, I'm already hiding on this planet. You go hide somewhere else." The random farmers come up, like, "Hey, we need to hire a gunslinger to protect our village from raiders." I'm like, "This is exactly the plot of the Magnificent Seven. <laughs> There's even the, you know, the girl, the you know, the, you know, uh, the widow that uh, kind of likes the Mando." I'm like, "Yep, this is." I've seen this movie. <laughs> I bet he's going to take his helmet off. <laughs> yeah, he almost did till the, the sniper guy. Uh, Cause yeah, like that. If Gina Carrero is like, so what happens if you take the helmet off? He's like, well, I can never put the armor back on. They're not going to hunt you down and kill you. No, it's just, I don't get to be a Mando anymore. He's like, really? That's it. I mean, you could take the helmet off, spend the rest of your life, you know, with, with that uh, hot lady over there, sipping soup on your porch, raising your kid. And it's like, <laughs> You're worried about taking your helmet off? <laughs> He's like, yeah, this is the way. <laughs> yes. This is the way. <laughs> I like the Yoda's like, all the children are chasing frogs and the Yoda picks up one to eat it and they're like, ew. And he's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this in public. <laughs> <laughs> I like, mean, but that's the thing. Like, you know, there, there's so much that we don't know. Like, how is how is baby Yoda staying nourished? You know, I mean, he's getting all kinds of random soups and insects and you know random <laughs> critters. Like, what is a complete and you know nutritious diet for? I mean, Yoda lived on a swamp planet. I'm pretty sure he ate some frogs back in the day, <laughs> snakes and stolen uh, rations from Luke. <laughs> mm, your rations, I will eat. <laughs> But yeah, that uh, sanctuary when they're, you know, they find out the the raiders have a stolen ATST, and then he has to train the the villagers to fight. 
she's like, there's no way. We got to get out of here. He, he can kill. They can kill all of us. And he's like, yeah, we can train them to fight. And, you know, we, we can build an army. And it's kind of cool, like, the little, the little, like, just kind of shout-outs to, like, the bigger Star Wars. So he, like, opens up, like, his armory and starts, like, arming any of the, any of the uh, village people that can shoot. And he, the rifle he gives the the lady that has taken him in and, and, uh, and you know, housing him, it's the same rifle that Bosk used. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I've seen that before. That's the rifle of Bosk. And later on, the, uh, the zero, the, the, uh, droid from the f- last episode, it's the same rifle Boba Fett uses. It's like, there's like all these little tiny star Wars details. And I'm like, I recognize that. I've seen that before. <laughs> I, I mean, there's so many Easter eggs that, you know, I'm sure I've missed over a dozen. Like I say to the, the soundtrack for all these episodes too. It doesn't sound like classic John Williams Star Wars. It sounds like the soundtrack from a Clint Eastwood movie. It's like I said, it's you could put cowboy hats on all these motherfuckers, and it would be a western. <laughs> it even sounds like a western. <laughs> but I mean, I it, I don't know. I mean, I think it's different than what folks are anticipating, and you know, it's you know, it is more than just a bounty hunter doing you know bounties and you know collecting tokens like you know the way that they've been able to give characters depth and you legitimately you know are wondering what the hell you know is gonna happen next you know um and i gotta say i've seen a few movies with gina guerrero Guerrero, whatever her name is and i never thought she could act because like she's always been in these like horrible action movies i mean hell she was the you know angry chick in dead the first deadpool movie and it's like this like i actually liked her character she i'm like oh she can actually act when she's given something that's you know a well-written character <laughs> not just i'm the, i'm the you know muscle chick that's gonna kick your ass <laughs> like this one i was like ah she's pretty cool i actually kind of liked her in this <laughs> maybe she can act after all <laughs> on the the head of the bounty hunter guild uh played by uh homeboy from Rocky. <laughs> I saw one of the memes where he's like, you got any more jobs for me? He's like, yeah, I got three and I want them brought in dead. This one's personal. And it was the pre, uh, the predator Ivan Drago and the alligator from happy Gilmore, all the things that have killed him in life. <laughs> he's like, find these three. <laughs> I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> Shout out to just being original and enjoyable. <laughs> that ATST with like the red, the red uh, lights inside of it. I mean, it looked like some kind of freaking demon coming out of the forest. I was like, that was very cool visually the way they shot that. And I kind of like how they end every episode with like the concept drawings, like the artwork and the credits, where it's like, oh, this looks like you know, comic book stuff, you know, I mean, the showing the kind of concept drawings at the end of the episode is, is always kind of, kind of a cool way to end it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's so much there just outside the show itself. Like, I don't know. Does this go off of, you know, Disney plus at some point, do we see comic stories and, and stuff emerging from this? 
Like, I you mean, know there's going to be a huge marketing campaign, right? Yeah, I, I mean, mean Disney, because uh, I think they kind of rebooted all their Star Wars comic books uh, recently. But supposedly, I think coming out pretty soon, they're doing a Bounty Hunter comic book series, which from the cover of it, it looks more Boba Fett and the classic Bounty Hunters. But, yeah, like I could see this going on to being a, a you know, full-length movie or something, or at least these, these characters. Because it's, I mean, it's... Uh, like I said, I'm I'm way more interested in watching this, and like I said, my opinion may change Friday after we see <laughs> see Skywalker. But right now, I'm like, I like this better than I did the last two Star Wars movies. I don't know. For me, this you know kind of takes the best of what made Clone Wars and Rebels so great, and you know just puts it in that. Yeah, that's one thing I'm I'm looking forward to seeing too. Is Disney Plus is doing one final season of the Clone Wars cartoon. So it's like, oh, I can't wait to see <laughs> see that. And that one looks like it's going to feature heavy on the Mandalorian. So that should be a interesting, <laughs> interesting. Uh, I wonder season. if that'll be the actual wrap up for the Mandalorian series. Yeah, I don't know because because I mean the way they keep doing the one offs and everything, I don't know that we're going to get you know complete closure on. And maybe we'll get a little, at least a little kind of backstory of where his group come from. Cause the, the whole, they make the whole deal about we're not allowed to show our faces, but in the clone wars. And I mean, I know the expanded universe is no longer a thing, but they've kind of backed that up in the clone wars. The whole, you got to keep your helmet. thing has never kind of been a big deal. I mean, people put taking their helmets off on the clone wars all the time. So I don't know if that's some kind of a, the, the way is a recent development uh, that, you know, happened in the last couple of years or if it's is like a, a different sect of Mandalorians that not everyone follows this kind of branch of the religion or whatnot. Yeah. Cause I'm like, that's the whole don't take your helmet off things kind of new and interesting. But I think it's interesting though. Cause if you're, you know, if you've been robbed by the empire and everything else, like if they know individual identities, I yeah, think it's kind of it makes it re- a lot easier for them to prey on an individual versus yeah, this more may so be something than, that, Hey, we're a collective, you know, you don't know one. So if you, you know, approach one Mando, you take a risk of, you know, oh shit, now I've got the entire guild after me. Yeah, it's kind of like with, you know, throw it back to Batman where he's like, you can kill a man, but you can't kill an idea. And, you know, maybe the oppression of the Empire was where this whole, like, you know, living in secret and all being just Mando and not having any kind of identity you know, for safety of the clan kind of developed during the, the war with the empire makes sense. And then, you know, chapter five, the gunslinger where he, his ship gets shot by another pursuing bounty hunter and he has to land Moss Eisley's Tatooine. It's like, Oh shit, we're going back to Tatooine. And especially too, when he, he lands in the repair bay and hires the grumpy, la- <laughs> scares the little pit the droids. Little droids. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no droids on my ship. Because <laughs> his family was killed by droids, apparently. Uh, he said, like, I'm going to go find work. And he goes to Moss Eisley's canteen. And when you see like him walking in the door, and it's like that little kind of lobby alcove that you remember from like A New Hope, you're like, oh shit, he's in Moss Eisley's canteen. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, that, that That was probably the... 
biggest nostalgia kick of this series so far. I, like, I kind of liked, you know, just before that scene, you know, just seeing all the trooper heads on the stakes. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's like, yeah, I could probably hide out here for a little bit. But then the, um, <laughs> when the lady finds the, finds the baby Yoda and is like, yeah, it's like, you can't just like leave a kid alone on a ship. <laughs> He's like, all right. He's like, I'm going to charge you extra for babysitting. Like, all right, understandable. I'll be back. <laughs> Watch the kid. <laughs> but it's it's kind of like one of those. Kind of remind me a little bit of the outlaw Josie Wales, where it's like he finds this like young bounty hunter that's that's brand new to the game, and he's like, I've bitten off more than I chew. Let me, I will, you know, pay you if you just give me the credit of making this capture, so I can get into the guild. And he's like trying to, you know train this rookie <laughs> as he's taken down this, you know, badass Imperial assassin played by, uh, uh, Mingwa, the, you know, from agents of shield. And that's always the, you know, like he takes a look at the puck and he's like, yeah, this person's an absolute badass. Like you do realize going after this person, like <laughs> you're a totally fucked kid. <laughs> <laughs> And then she like snipes them and stuff, and he's like, "So she has the high ground." <laughs> this guy Anakin told me about the high ground. <laughs> Do not fuck with the high ground. We're gonna wait till it gets dark, and then we're gonna chase her with flares so she can't snipe us and then kick her ass. And yeah, she you know, gets the drop on the kid, and he and he, he ends up taking her out or capturing. He's like, "Yeah, thanks for being a distraction, kid." Yeah, you know, she tries to tries to at least make him you. Know, feel better about getting his ass kicked. Good job being the traction. You meant to do that, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, but... Uh, I mean, he gets his fair share of ass kickings, too. Because I remember him ended up on the ground for, you know, quite a bit of that battle. Oh, now, yeah, he gets... You know, how much of it was, okay, I'm going to lay here and play possum, and then when she's distracted by the kid, then make a move, but... <laughs> or when he's like, I'm on watch, and you see him laying there, and he thinks he's asleep. And he's there, like, freaking keeps drawing his gun, and he's like, oh, man, sleeping on the job. And he's finally like, you done, kid? And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, uh, and then the, yeah. I remember the first time meeting a drill sergeant. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, you know, freaking FTO day on the, the speeder bikes. But then the, uh, you know, the, the kid finds out who he is and what he's got and decides that he's worth more than the Imperial and decides to go back and betray him. And it's like, it never works out for you, kid. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gets, gets blasted. But then leaves us to episode six, the prisoner, which <laughs> every series needs a heist episode. Yep. <laughs> this it... was, this was oceans 11 of the Mando. <laughs> Not only, yeah, definitely Ocean's Eleven because it's it. This is the guest star episode. It's like I'm gonna put all my friends in this episode because not only do you have, like, uh, you sent me a text and you're like, "This is the guest episode," and I was like, "Don't you mean this is a heist episode?" Like, did you get autocorrected? And then I was no. like, "Oh wait, never mind. No, we got Bill Burr. We got like twenty seven thousand <laughs> yeah. other people. Like, yeah, uh, you know, he goes to see his old." Uh, an old partner he used to work with Ran, who was played by, uh, you know, Bobby from Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> who's like, hey, one of my crew got popped, and uh, we need to bust him out. And then he finds out it's like, oh, we're gonna go rob a New Republic uh, prison ship, and it's like, yeah, Bill Burr is the 
is the the leader of the team who is an ex-imperial sharpshooter named Mayfield, which funny as shit too. That joke, he's like, he's oh this this guy's got like strapped with all kind of blasters. He even has like a little like robotic blaster that comes out of his backpack, and it's like he was a former imperial sharpshooter. He's like, that's not that impressive. And he's like, hey, I wasn't a stormtrooper asshole. <laughs> It's like that's the greatest joke in all of this. <laughs> Not a fucking stormtrooper. I was a sharpshooter. <laughs> There's a difference. Like I almost wonder, like how much improv was allowed. <laughs> like you he know, was totally a stormtrooper. Because <laughs> between that one and then the fucking Jar Jar joke that's in there. Yeah, because like, like when they're on their way there, he's like. So, you know, what do your eyes look like? You know, anybody seen your face? He's like, and he talks to, there's a, like a Twi'lek assassin chick, which is also another guest star who was on Game of Thrones. Even the, uh, their droid pilot is a famous, like, English comedian. <laughs> it's like, there's so many, like, and the big Devorian devil looking dude is a guy who's, a, who's did a bunch of characters in the Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, Clancy Brown, uh, <laughs> who's a, a badass in his own right, been in a whole bunch of nerdy shit. But yeah, he's like, He's like, you're probably a Gundam over there. That's why you wear the helmet all the time. He's like, he's like, you know, Misa, take a bounty. <laughs> that's why you don't take your helmet off. You're a freaking Gundam under there. <laughs> um, but yeah, then they're like, why don't you pull it? You know, try to make him take his helmet off. And yeah, fight breaks out until they're like, you know, cute. Zero's like, yeah, we're here. <laughs> like, that stupid fucking droid didn't even give us a proper warning. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, oh, hyperdrive. Oh, nope. Decelerate. Oh, we're docking. Like, <laughs> And they find the baby Yoda. It's like the like, worst roller coaster ever. <laughs> he's trying to hide the Yoda, and they find him in the clo- little closet, and he's like, is this your pet? And he's like, something like that. Was like, oh, but yeah, when they break into that ship and like him fighting like all the little jailer bots, I'm like, all right, that's a pretty badass fight. <laughs> Let's see what I this Mando we'll, can do. <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know when big ass dude takes out the true two. I I can't see them anything other than Daleks. <laughs> yeah, they do like, kind of look like Daleks. It's like that's a Dalek. You can't, you know, say it's not. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, when like you. Know, he runs up and just grabs the one and throws it into the other and blows them both up. Like, all right, I see why he's the muscle. <laughs> but then, like, damn, what the door kills. Like, <laughs> yes. fuck. Like, don't worry about the blaster or the missiles or the flamethrower or anything else. Just make sure there isn't a door anywhere near the Mando. Cause it, I will drop a door on your ass for sure. <laughs> like, like, drops the door and just sitting there like, haha, I got enough muscle to support the door. Oh, and the door closes sideways. <laughs> yeah, the second door. <laughs> and speaking of another guest star, like, because the, the whole thing is like, I don't want to, you know, rob the New Republic. And like, oh, don't worry, it's all robots. They find like the one living guy on the ship, and they're all debating. And he's like, no, you can't kill him. And they're all, and finally like, you know, the chick is like, I've had enough, and just stabs him. But that guy, that actor, was the voice of Anakin on the Clone Wars. <laughs> And he, but of course he sets off the alert beacon uh, right before he goes down. So like, all right, we got twenty minutes. We better hurry this along. But yeah, the when they go to rescue who they're that rescue, and it's like the Twi'leks brother Quinn do kind of look like Pennywise. He definitely had a Pennywise look to him. It's like, oh, this is what Pennywise would look like if he was a Twi'lek. <laughs> 
dude was like, you know, kind of creepy and weird. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know, which, I, I, you know, the Twilight kind of had some Harley Quinn-esque, you know, attitude and, you know, uh, everything about her that I was kind of like, I've never really seen a Twi'lek in, in that light before. So yeah, they've always been like, different, like space strippers, pretty much. It's like most time you've seen them as like dancers, other than uh, the captain of the ghost on Rebels. Like that's like only like badass. But she was like, yeah, this first like yeah Twi'lek villain. I think we've we've seen, and yeah, she was she was kind of crazy. <laughs> Are they really villains? Well, yeah. I mean, they did they're mercenaries. To... They, they well, they did like you know. Try to leave him in a cell and steal his ship and kidnap his baby Yoda. <laughs> so I mean, it was it was kind of it, but yeah, when he like goes on like, "Oh, y'all betrayed me!" It's on, motherfuckers, <laughs> and it starts taking them out like one by one. You know, takes over the ship, starts locking all the doors, and that one sequence where he's just kind of very Batman esque, just taking them out one by one, like take like you said, taking out one dude with the door, and then. Dude, I love the um the freaking droid kill when he's locked in the cell. He just grabs him. It's like, oh, your your arm is the key, huh? I'll I'll be taking that arm. <laughs> yeah, takes his arm, shoots him with it, and then unlocks the 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 key key with it. And that's like freaking oil spurt too, just like blood when he rips his arm off. I'm like, oh, that looks nasty. <laughs> but yeah, when he uh and he gets that knife fight, like she's throwing blades at him, and he's just like you know blocking him with his armor, and she even gets one like. Catches him in a shoulder joint or something and takes her out. But when Bill Burr is like walking down the hallway, like all three of his guns and the lights are just flickering. And every time the light flickers on for a second, you see him and it flickers off again. And he's gone. And he's like getting closer. And then finally he's like, like right up in his face. You're like, Oh shit. <laughs> I was like, that was like some badass Batman move right there. <laughs> but I, I like the thing where he's like, again, going to do the job I was paid for. But then I'm gonna fuck you up because you betrayed me. Where he finally gets a hold of the guy and he's like, "Hey, you take you've taken everybody else out. You know, you were hired to rescue me. I'll make sure you get paid like triple whatever he offered you. Just you know, complete the mission. Take me back." <laughs> and then you get the whole thing with Zero on the ship. Like finally finds the message from the guild and figures out that the the Yoda is worth something and turns around and sees him. And then all of a sudden he gets his blaster and he's gone. And you got this whole little home alone of him chasing. Yoda around the ship and finally gets him cornered and he's about to blast him and he just like closes his eyes and like lifts his hand like he's gonna like alright it's my last option I'm gonna try to do some Jedi shit and all of a sudden the thing's head explodes and he's like looks at his hand like holy shit did I just do that and then he sees the Mando back there like oh okay <laughs> For the, this is the funniest little gag it's like him like and then looks at his hand like the fuck oh wait never mind that wasn't me <laughs> All right, I, I don't know. I see. I think an interesting twist would have been, you know, the Mando's there, but hasn't yet fired his pistol, and it's like <laughs> him just fucking force slap that guy across the ship and be like, "I'll be damned." <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. Like, I, you know, or I, he comes back and the droid is just ripped apart with no explanation whatsoever, and the little Yoda's just sitting there like, "I don't know, bro. What happened? <laughs> Where's my little ball thing? Yeah, can I can I play with it somewhere?" Oh, uh, but yeah, he takes Quinn back to. To Ran, he's like, so where'd the rest of the team go? No questions asked. That's the rule, right? He's like, true enough. <laughs> Here's your money. And as soon as he like goes to fly away, he's like, all right, kill him. And they start to, and then the one guy reaches his pocket. And he's like, what's this? And he's like, he had stuck the uh, the distress signal in in Homeboy's pocket. So as soon as he leaves, 
like three X-wing fighters show up, and the pilots of the X-wings are all the directors of like the individual episodes. Like all the, the X-wing pilots were the directors, and they come like shoot the piss out of the <laughs> space station. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, fuck with me, asshole. I'm gonna get paid and fuck you up, <laughs> and then give Yoda his little ball back. <laughs> Go play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but so. What do you think so far, and what do you think, how do you think these last two episodes are going to go? Are we going to wrap up Yoda's storyline, or we're going to get two more random missions? I don't know. You know, I I, I kind of feel like the Yoda line is a main storyline, but it's being teased very heavily. Like... Yeah. I think that's the draw and the allure, but we're going to continue with some of the side quests and side missions that maybe, you know, tie into the overall arc. You know, it's hard to say because, you know, if they wrap it up, you know, we had three episodes of that story arc. Are are you going to be able to finish it in two episodes? Yeah, because I mean, there's because I mean, this episode I think did have a little bit longer than the thirty minute runtime. I think it was like forty two minutes or something. Yeah, they've all been that thirty to forty minute range, but it's we've already got a season two ordered and in the works. Yeah, it's like, do we kind of get some kind of resolution to him being on the run and kind of having a bounty on himself, or does that just continue to be a random hassle to him as he goes about his? his missions. I don't know. See, I don't or do think, we get some kind of conclusion to, I don't think it's really a hassle though. To I that. think what we're going to find is, you know, there, in so many of the episodes, like we've talked about, there's already been that moral compass aspect that, yeah, most we just continue to him, you know, don't really have. So I think that there's something that is going to happen. Either he ends up on the home planet, you know, of where Baby Yoda is from, or, you know, Baby Yoda turns out really isn't as, you know, an infant as is betrayed, and, you know, the Force really, you know, know, becomes a much bigger, you know, necessity in the day and day-to-day activities of the Mandalorian. Because we did have that one brief flash at the end of the gunslinger where someone finds the body of the Imperial Assassin out in the desert. All you see is a boot. So we don't know where that's going to pop up. That's probably going to be some big reveal in these last two episodes. But yeah, I don't know if it just this continues through Season 2 of them being constantly on the run or if we get some kind of conclusion and start some whole new adventure next season. And... Really, like, I don't know. I mean, obviously they're they're pursued, but I mean, so far there's not been any actual threat. They've yeah. readily handled anyone who's come after them. So I mean, just get to the point where it's like the, you know, ATST to you know. Um, well, you got to think the one place because he because he, he wanted to leave the kid with the villagers, but then the bounty hunter found them, so he's like, he's not safe here. They're just going to end up on Koth, and, you know... Well, I'd say the one place he would definitely be safe is Mandalore. Because the Mandalorians were like, you chose this, this is your way, we're going to back your play. Take the kid back to the Mandalorian uh, 
enclave somewhere and be like, cool. Because what I want to see, adoption is huge in the Mand- Mandalorian community, as we've found out through books and comics and all this other stuff. He himself was a child that was, a, you know, they a, they adopt war children and, you know, give them the option to be Mandos. I want to see a Yoda-sized Mandalorian suit made and him like, I'm going to teach you the way. <laughs> But I want to see a three foot Mandalorian. <laughs> he already knows the force. So I think it's going to be the opposite. I think Yoda ends up being a breakthrough for the Mandalorians. Cause if you think about like, you know, we were, I was having a discussion last night and you think about the Jedi teachings and the Jedi religion, you know, at the end of the day, like, they want to control who's born, who has what kids. They want to control the Force lineage, right? I mean, that in itself is... Well, this border, point in history, there is on, no Jedi. It's just yeah. Luke and whoever he's... Does he, does he go find Luke and drop him? Like, hey, this kid knows the Force. You take care of him. <laughs> you know? He ends up being Snoke or some shit, you know? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> because, you know, I mean, the fact that that or, you know... Maybe everything from the Empire, maybe it's all clones. And like you said, you know, with the Clone War, you know, season coming out, you know, and everything else, like, maybe that's what is revealed, is everything that's come to pass has, but now there's been clones and recreations of everybody because we wanted to study their powers and their abilities Mm. and use them for Empire purposes. I just you know, want maybe, to see maybe tiny just, baby Mando. Well, <laughs> and maybe you get to. I don't know. I, but I, I think it's hard fitting those ears in a helmet. <laughs> it's going to be a Mando helmet with his ear slots, where his ears poke out of his helmet. And, and instead of like you know <laughs> a- antenna or something, it, it's going to be ears. <laughs> That's well. You know, there has been well. Now that the expanded universe is legends, there have been Jedi Mandalorian. There was a Jedi who was a general during the clone wars that didn't like how the clones were treated. And he, he left the order and got adopted by a Mandalorian and became a Mandalorian. And then there was another clone that had a child with a, his Jedi officer and took the child because their mother was killed during order 66. And so, you know, there's at least, there was at least two Jedi Mandalorians, So it wasn't, unheard of <laughs> to have a force user in the, in the Mando ranks. So, I mean, it would be, <laughs> be an interesting way to conclude this or, you know, another path to take, you know, this is the way. <laughs> so Mando Yoda. <laughs> Yodo. <laughs> God, I can't get the weird Al song out of my head. Y-O-D Yoda. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, we've got two more episodes to find out how this works and we'll probably <laughs> and watch them just be completely like, you know, sidebar <laughs> missions. And it's like, I got no closure. <laughs> so we'll wrap those two up. Uh, probably by the time the next episode comes out, those two episodes will have released and we can have some closure. Uh, <laughs> next episode, I'm back from vacation, so we should be on a regular schedule for a while. And with that, we'll be right back. I have spoken.
science. And welcome back to the podcast. It's time for some science. We're talking about science fiction. Get back to talking about some science. We haven't done one of those in a while. <laughs> it's like the last couple episodes of like, there's no good science to talk about. There's still not any good science, but I found some some shit to, to fill time. Well, I mean, at least you found something. <laughs> so as uh, yeah, something I think about as a non-religious person is what do you do with your body once you die? You know, I'm hoping you know by that time I can download my consciousness into some kind of badass robot. But if you want to become compost, that is now a thing. Interesting. Do explain. <laughs> so apparently the world's first funerary uh, composting facility is slated to open in spring of 2021. Apparently Washington state uh, lawmakers have changed the laws because apparently there are legal ways you have to dispose of a body. Well, Washington state has passed uh, a uh, new law legalizing posthumous process called recomposting where basically they they offer natural organic reduction process, according to Katrina Spade, uh, who runs this facility, where they gently convert human remains, including bone, teeth, and all, into organic soil. I mean, that's kind of interesting, you know? Because, I mean... It... So you have cremation. Of course, you have the traditional burial, you know, with a casket and everything else. I mean... You know, is the casket there designed, you know, to allow whatever decomposition is going to happen in a self-contained thing? I mean... Yeah, from the looks of it, and they have pictures of the facility. It's like a little kind of garden thing. And there's these hexagonal-shaped pods that they say the the recompose, recomposting process uh, takes place in. Uh, it's got an estimated price of $5,500, which costs more than a basic cremation, but less than a typical burial type funeral and each human body kind of produces a about a square yard of um soil and you know once the person has been reduced completely to soil they the family will get that soil to do with what they please so if you want to plant a tree or fertilize something with your you know remains you can do that and whatever's Left over after that, you know, whatever portion the family gets, the rest of it will be used in, you know, farming and whatnot, uh, in, you know, other stuff to help the environment. I mean, I, I see that being much more beneficial than just, you know, hey, let me put you in this box and, you know, bury you in the ground. Because what's going to happen inside the casket? You're going to decompose anyway, right? Yeah, and but you know, and eventually, I guess that's all that's left. Maybe you know some skeleton, and well, you know now, like your body's jacked through full of uh, preservatives and and whatnot. And they say this, this uh, you know, because this process also kind of captures uh, the carbon, really atmospheric carbon, and puts it back in the soil. That soil's actually very fertile, and they say it will save a proposed metric ton of CO2 gas per person. Like literally like when you're, you know, cremated, it releases like a metric ton of CO2 into the atmosphere. So this will contain that plus, you know, create, uh, you know, something that can actually be reused. And also, you know, with traditional burial, there's, you know, polluting of the groundwater from embalming fluids. And like I said, the 
caskets and all that other stuff that takes up space and is something in the ground that will eventually kind of cause ground pollution. So they're saying it's a very green way to, uh, to die. Like right now, the only place it's legal is in Washington state. But if you happen to die within the state, you know, they will transport you to the facility or for an extra fee. If you wish to do this process, they will, you know, if they will take you, if you, if you can ship their body from, other places in the country or even in the world, if this is something you wish to do literally, oh, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. I mean, ashes, to ashes, dust to dust. Yep. You know, or in this case, you know, nutrient rich soil. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, but you know, that's, that's a way, like you said, you know, to, I mean, this could be the plot of, uh, the next, uh, how high we die, we become soil. Somebody uses our soil to uh, plant marijuana plants because by that time, that shit will probably be legal everywhere. And then you'll get high off me and, and see my ghost when you smoke my weed. <laughs> be like, Joe's ghost, what's going on, bro? You want to do a podcast? <laughs> yep, I, th- I think I finally know what I want to do with it. You go, make soil out of me and plant me in a tobacco farm. <laughs> Fertilize <laughs> More call it the Smoky Joe. Yep. <laughs> And speaking of weird shit. And you will make a metric ton of tobacco grow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of weird shit, literally, a man pulls 32-foot tapeworm out of his butthole. Didn't we watch that zombie movie where the people was trying to get a tapeworm and it created asshole zombies? Yeah. Wasn't that a a thing we watched one night? Yeah, that was terrible. I forgot what that (laughs) movie was called, but, you know, yeah, it was on Netflix. Yeah, a 44-year-old British man said he went to drop his kids off at the pool, and after a while it seemed like, uh, you know, he wasn't done, and finally, like, looked in the mirror and saw something hanging out of his butt, which thought it might have been some kind of suture from a recent uh, internal surgery he had had, but... He started pulling, and it kept coming and kept coming, and eventually pulled a 32-foot worm out of his butt and posted pictures of it on the internet. So, huh. you know, luckily there's no photos of his butthole, but he did uh, show photos of what came out of his butthole if you, you know, really want to fear eating undercooked meat. <laughs> or you don't want to eat Thai noodles for a while, because that's what everyone on the internet says it looked like. I want to avoid those next time I go to the <laughs> Thai place. It's just crazy. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I guess that just goes to show we don't really understand what's always going on with our bodies, and there we go. Yeah, I mean, that's just a big-ass worm. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... But I hear um, it's a great way to lose weight. Maybe I should uh, look into this. <laughs> Get me a pet. I'll name him Steve. Maybe that's how I can finally lose weight. I'm going to go for the record. No, you absolutely have to call it Lemmy Winks. <laughs> oh, God, there's even one picture of him, like, flushing it, like, holding it, and, like, trying to flush it down the toilet. It's, yeah, it's not something you want to see. <laughs> so definitely don't follow the link that's attached in the show notes and see this pictures of the giant worm that will <laughs> haunt your nightmares. You're like, every time you're like, oh, my stomach kind of hurts a little. Do I have a nine-foot uh, boa constrictor in my gut? But, speaking of other strange animals, a new species of spider with flesh-eating venom is found in Mexico. As if going to Mexico wasn't scary enough. 
Interesting. But I mean, like, well, I guess maybe it's not really flesh eating. I guess, you know, they have necrotic properties. Like, you yeah. know, like I, will... I think of like the funnel web, you know, and you often see like, you know, bites that go untreated, you know, how it will eat away at the, you know, the flesh and stuff. But I guess this is a whole nother level. Yeah, it's a uh, group of college students and their professors from the National Autonomous University of Mexico, UNAM, discovered a new species of violin spider in the Valley of Mexico, a mountainous and volcanic plateau in central Mexico, named the Loxocellus tinochitlin. Is the yeah, it's that's the the fancy name for it, but it's a uh, Part of the species of violin spiders or fiddleback spiders, uh, named due to a violin-shaped pattern often found on their backs. So this is a brand new species of of those types of spiders, and they say it's like it's while the bite is not fatal, it is nasty and will require medical attention. And you know, starts with a relatively painless store, but eventually, necrosis or necritis or whatever you call that, where your your body starts, you know rotting from the bite uh, will uh, happen within uh, 48 hours. So yeah, if you get bit by one of these little fuckers, seek medical attention immediately. Unless you want your arm to fall off. Or your butt or whatever gets bit. Interesting. There used to be a... uh, I don't even think it exists anymore. There used to be a uh, spider and snake museum in uh, Cherokee, North Carolina at the Indian Reservation. We used to have one not far from us in Oakwood. Um, you know, it was kind of small, but you know, they had venomous spiders and snakes on display where you could learn. Yeah. Like I said, they had all that stuff in cages, but on the walls, they also had photos of the like bite aftermaths of like these big nasty wounds. And it was like, as a kid, I was like, that is gross and scary. (laughs) I do not want to get bit by anything in here. So yeah, I can imagine what, uh, (laughs) what an untreated bite from one of these bastards would, uh, would do to you. And it's not, uh. That's the closest thing I could find to a Skynet story this week. A terminally ill scientist is trying to become the world's first cyborg. Like I said, I want to uh, be downloaded into a robot someday, and this guy's kind of working on that. He has uh, ALS, Dr. Peter Brown Scott Morgan, which the guy has four first names. (laughs) Which often, yeah, sounds like a serial killer, but yeah, he... uh, basically uh has implanted himself with a you know automatic kind of ventilator system and also a waste reduction system and also he has had his larynx removed so he can't no longer speak but he's able has a computer that he can control that produces a voice where not like you know Hawking's robotic voice this one actually sounds like his own voice which I don't know why I guess Hawking's kind of made that robot voice famous and never wanted to change it, but this guy can literally speak through his computer with his own voice and you know his it has planned several other technologically advancements. He's basically decided to, you know, fight his disease with technology since he is a you know, engineer and has, you know, made his first cyborgic implants and he's planning, you know, several others and is gonna to try to basically automate his way out of this disease and improve his, not only improve his life, but also, you know, quality of life and hopefully can, you know, come up with enough, uh, 
stuff to help other people in his condition as his kind of self-experiment continues. That's interesting. That's cool, though. Hopefully that, you know, this will be something from his experience that could help, you know, other people suffering from similar issues. Yeah, it's a first step to the, you know, Ghost in the Machine uh, future that I'm hoping comes before I turn into a compost heap. <laughs> it's okay. You're, you'll make one epic tobacco plant. <laughs> and with that, that's all the science is worth to scaring you with this week. We'll be right back. The answer. The ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything is 42. That's right, Broad Speculation, and on the 42 cast, we bring you drama-free discussions on television shows, movies, video games, novels, and comics. So don't bother thinking about the question, just go straight to the answer. It's only on the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. And now, it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news! Okay, this uh, segment is basically going to consist of movie trailers and more movie trailers. Yeah, and it was actually a big trailer week, apparently. It was like everything came that. out. You know, it's like, oh, people are probably watching a lot of TV, you know, around the holidays, so uh, everybody's going to release a new movie trailer. Um, up first, uh, we got our trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Uh, where are the females? A.K.A. Stranger Things. Because <laughs> homeboy Finn Wolfhard is, who's, dude's got to be, what is he, damn near 30 now, and he's still playing teenagers. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely got a Stranger Things vibe, but they had a car. Yeah. <laughs> that and it, well... It looks better than the last Ghostbusters movie, but that bar was very low. And then again, it it looks cool. It looks dark, too. It looks kind of like a lot more serious than what we're used for a Ghostbusters movie, which I kind of like. But then again, other than the Peter Venkman voiceover, we don't see any of the original cast. We know the original cast is in it in some way or another. They've made all those announcements, but... Well, this I mean, first kind of teaser trailer, we see none of that yet, so I'm not but sure. We, we did see suits, yeah. you know, when they were going through the closet. Uh, we know the Ecto has emerged. Ecto-1 has survived. Yes. And, you know, they say that their grandfather left them some kind of farm. I'm assuming these kids are, because they're like, well, my grandfather passed, and we're kind of cleaning up his what was left of his life. So I'm assuming these kids are supposed to be Egon's grandchildren. That's the first uniform they show, and we know he's, you know the actor playing him has passed. So it would make sense with that storyline. I'm just wondering where the OG cast shows up. Are they just going to be kind of cameos or if, or are these kids trying to hunt ghosts? And at some point the, the OG team well, shows I up think, and be like, Hey kids, let's, let us show you how to work this. Well, equipment I mean, found. like, you know, when they're in the Ecto one and they're like, Oh shit, it has a side gun <laughs> and they're going through the city, just fucking destroying buildings and stuff. Like, <laughs> Yeah. There's there's a lot of collateral damage happening, so I'm pretty sure at some point the adults are going to have to step in and be like, we understand why and what, but let us teach you how. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm hoping at some point it's like, yeah, that sequence we see is probably newsworthy, and the guys are going to show up and be like, hey, kids, uh, nice, uh, good initiative, let us show you how to do this. <laughs> But yeah, this, for, as far as a first kind of teaser trailer, I mean, 
not bad. Like I said, it's better than the last thing we got. It looks more within the universe and kind of darker, more serious tone. Than... I, I, I kind of think, I don't know, you know, I... I hope they're doing a lot of misdirection because that was the one thing that really made Ghostbusters great is it didn't take itself too seriously. Like, you know, like it would be very easy to try to go a much Gritty. darker <laughs> and, you know, more horror-esque version of Ghostbusters and I think that would turn a lot of people off. Like, you know, we've already seen that with Pennywise. We've seen it with Stranger Things. Like, you know, let's, you know pass the torch so to speak but you know let's still keep it fun um you know while following an original story arc yeah because this trailer does not have a, a lot of comedy but then again the first ones were comedic but it they took itself seriously and the jokes were kind of organic so maybe this first trailer is just the the dark gritty trailer and there'll be a little bit more comedy when the boys show up <laughs> so yeah i don't know but then again, you know, raising kids is hell, so... Yeah. And there's a... I'm wondering what's... Well, when Paul Rudd find, I like that he's like, well, that's a great replica. And they're like, replica of what? And he starts showing them, like, the clips from the 80s. And like, dude, New York back in the 80s, it was like The Walking Dead. But no one's seen a ghost in, like, 30 years. And he goes to open the little trap, and we see a kind of a green light come out of it. And he closes it real quick. And I'm like, is that motherfucking Slimer? And then you kind of... I think, like, during that car chase sequence... For a second, you see Slimer. Like it looks like that's what they're chasing is Slimer. So um, why are they always chasing Slimer? He was a good ghost. He's I like mean, their pet. <laughs> I mean, dude, he was he's kicking it with them, you know, in the firehouse and everything else. Like, you know, I mean, but that's the, as, as a kid, I always wanted a Slimer. Like, <laughs> but I, like even though we did not get to see the original team, seeing fucking Ecto One is like almost good enough because like that was, that was one of the things I. And I've still not seen that last Ghostbusters because the trailers were so bad and I've not heard anything good about it. But I'm like, sure, reboot it. But Ecto-1 should not be a 1970 Cadillac. It should always be a 57 Cadillac. And when the kid's like, come on, baby, come on, darling. And she cranks up and then you see him like doing donuts in the cornfield. I'm like, fuck yeah, it's Ecto. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm on board. You got the real Ecto-1. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a shot when it comes out. Yep, Absolutely. Um, another film that looks like it's going to be fun, um, Free Guy. Um, you know, <laughs> Ryan so Reynolds is just Deadpool basically, now. That's all he does is different versions of Deadpool. Basically, Deadpool has now become Superman and, you know, <laughs> flies around and, and... Yeah, it's the story of an NPC in some kind of, like, Grand Theft Auto type world who finally decides he's tired of being an NPC and is gonna become the hero <laughs> and finds out he's in a video game. Yeah, it looks bizarre and fun, and like, yeah, it definitely looks like it'll be a, a fun action movie. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I just thought it was cool. He, he puts on the glasses, and everything's got a level and a health bar, and yeah, he like starts... the little health packs and stuff. And I'm like, oh shit! Like, you <laughs> you're know, starting this... to see the Matrix. <laughs> like most of the time, you know, video games that are based on movies oftentimes suck, <laughs> whereas this is a video game contained in a movie. There might be a future for something here. Like, so now are we going to get a video, uh, like, you know, uh, instead of a movie based on a video game, we're going to get the video game based on a movie that doesn't suck. Maybe. You know, usually that's, that's, that goes both ways. Movies yes. based on video games suck, and video games based on Although movies I suck. we'll say, like, we both played the shit out of the Deadpool games. And that we is true. Enjoy but, those. Like, you know, so there are, 
you know, exceptions to every rule. The Punisher <laughs> games were quite fun. Um, yep. But, I don't know. I mean... I've heard that, that Spider-Man are, game's you know, good, but I, I could see, you know, definitely, you know, people in the modding community being like, okay, GTA 5, you're about to get a makeover. <laughs> yeah. Bringing superheroes to this bitch. <laughs> like, we're about to go... I forgot what the other game franchise is. It's sort of like um, Grand Theft Auto, but... You know, was it the Saint or whatever? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like, the third Saints one, Road. like, had, like, a lot of superhero and supernatural shit to it, so I'm wondering, you know, if if there's a potential direction there. But, yeah, I mean, you know, as far as a movie that, hey, it seems somewhat original and fun, and we already know Ryan Reynolds can play a superhero, so why not, you know, let him go from NPC to the main storyline. <laughs> Um, moving right along. Um, I wonder if this movie will have DLC. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> like, you gotta open a loot box to get your movie ticket or something. Yeah. Oh, dear God. No. <laughs> um, Wonder Woman, 1984. Four, we've got our trailer. And, um... Interestingly uh, weird, which, of the crappy DC movies, Wonder Woman was actually pretty good. Uh, Aquaman was was decent, but so maybe this one won't suck. I mean, same director that directed the last one, but it, yeah, it looks weird for some how her boyfriend is still alive and hasn't aged in the eighties. So that's gonna be some kind of weird storyline we're gonna find out about Dude, later. They're superheroes, <laughs> but are they just ripping off Captain America now? So it's like, you know, Captain America woke up in a in a time that wasn't his, and now this guy's woken up in a time that wasn't his. <laughs> I mean, hey, whatever, you know. I mean. At the end of the day, like, the, the the studios copy each other so much that it's, like, it's sort of one and the same, right? Like, it's, okay, we've seen Marvel do it. We know DC's going to do it. Like, you know, um, although, it, you know, like, Justice League and Injustice, like, their attempts at, like, an endgame style movie just has not been successful. <laughs> Yeah, know. so we we shall see. I don't know, you know, but hey, I always like, you know, like you said, I like the first film, so I'm definitely going to give this one a second shot. Um, Stranger yeah. Things Wonder Woman edition. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I guess maybe that's, you know, a wrap-up is we've got to watch Wonder Woman to understand the wrap-up behind Stranger Things. <laughs> so, you know, we saw Hopper, you know... Maybe he's not dead. Maybe he just got captured by the Russians, and now, you know, they've... Speaking of our next movie. <laughs> yeah, like, um, you know, uh, Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. Our first trailer for the Black Widow movie, which, not sure where this takes place in the MCU, because if you saw Endgame... Black Widow died, so I'm assuming this takes place You know, nothing that happened in Endgame actually happened. <laughs> yeah, it was all rebooted. So I'm, I'm assuming this takes place during the time that the Avengers split up and she was part of the Avengers that were on, that were wanted and on the run. So I'm assuming this ha takes place in that time and not during the snap, <laughs> but it doesn't really, this was pre-snap. Yeah. It's not really clear from the trailer when this takes place, but I'm assuming, well, I mean, we definitely still see fury, yeah. you know, and everything else. So, I mean, so yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it takes place pre pre-snap so we we will see but yeah speaking of hopper there's <laughs> some kind of russian hero team and 
Hopper looks like Captain Moscow. I, I don't, but it's like that's what happened at Stranger Things. He was captured by the Russians, and they turned him into a Russian super soldier. <laughs> and now he's like a fat bearded uh, Captain Dude, Moscow. I hardly recognize him with a big beard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm envious. I need to start injecting myself with testosterone so I can make epic beard. Because it seems like I can never get out of homeless beard phase, <laughs> and I'm like. All right, something needs to happen with this shit, man. Hey, you gotta get that beard vitamins. Uh. <laughs> I guess you know. I, I don't know. Just sprinkle some milk will grow on it or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, like chia chia beard. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I've seen the videos of people getting like you know weave beard. You know, maybe I just need to go that route. Beard weaves. <laughs> I mean, no joke. Like, they cut the felt out to the beard line and, you know, start gluing the hair and everything to it. And then, <laughs> fucked up. you know, shape it. And it's like, <laughs> ah, you know, beard in a day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and on to something. But the action different. sequences in that trailer look pretty bad, huh? So Yes, absolutely they do. Um, speaking of weird, Antler's got a final trailer. Oh, God. <laughs> it still looks weird. Little Wendigo action. Yeah, you know, I, I... nothing wrong with a good Wendigo film. I mean, this is the time of the year for a good uh, Christmas uh, time. I mean, they got that Black Christmas movie coming out. It's yeah, you know, holidays a time for horror movies. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> they haven't done like more Krampus films and stuff like that. Like I've seen a lot of independent projects that we've talked about, but not really like I don't know. Like speaking of which, like. I can't really think of any actual, like, holiday, you know, Christmas movies, whether traditional or non-traditional. Like, have you seen anything advertised? No. Like, I, well, there's... I have not watched it. I've not even seen a trailer for it, but there's some kind of mo- uh, movie up on Disney Plus now called Noel that's got uh, Homegirl from Pitch Perfect and uh, uh, Bader from Saturday Night Live in it, so... But I did see recently that, you know, we, we talked about last year, the Kurt Russell Santa Chronicles. They've have announced they're doing a sequel to that filming. I think now should be out next, next Christmas time. So Christmas 2020, we'll get uh, Christmas Chronicles part two. So yeah, that's really the only kind of big holiday films I've, I've heard about in production. I feel like that's a missing thing. You know, I mean, we had Die Hard, we've had Home Alone, we've had, you know. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. I have a machine gun now. Yeah. <laughs> and fuck you, Wayne. Die Hard is a uh, Christmas movie. <laughs> Dude, I saw a Nakatomi Tower with Hans Gruber and Midfall Christmas Tree Topper. I'm like, I, I don't, I'll put that on display even when it's not Christmas. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, now that we've kind of moved uh, studios, we don't have room for the uh, the nerd tree, but we we get where we can put up the nerd tree again. We definitely got to get one of those for the top of the tree. <laughs> so, absolutely. Um, any other tidbits? Anything you want to share with the listeners at home? I think that is all I've got. Uh, or well, final thoughts on this here cigar. We didn't uh, oh, shit, wrap yeah. it up in the main segment. Nice, decent smooth smoke wasn't a whole lot of changes and range yeah to there it, wasn't but... a whole lot of variety it you know what you started with is kind of what you ended with um but that kind of the lighter sweeter like i said it, it's kind of a good after dinner dessert smoke i think i would have liked it in 
I don't know. See, I wasn't quite ready for a dessert cigar. Like Maybe now, now good, that uh... now that I'm starting to get over my hangover and such, I wasn't at the time. I thought I wanted a dessert smoke. Really, <laughs> what I needed was a kick in the you know the ass to get going. Now I want a dessert smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's 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 not a great, but it's 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 decent. I mean, like I said, it's a it's a nice kind of end of day smoke, not a not a powerhouse, but that sweetness was never. It was good, but it was never like super sweet because I can't stand a, a freaking sweet cigar that's like, I'm like, all right, I'm smoking a freaking Swisher sweet. So it was, you know, it tasted like a cigar, but just had that kind of hint of sweetness, which not bad, probably not my go-to uh, choice, but, and, and every once in a while cigar, it's not, uh, not bad. But I mean, for people that, you know, enjoy like the acid that, you know, want to experience something you know, maybe not quite as sweet as the acid and more of a, you know, traditional cigar um, who don't really know where to start. I I think this would be a great segue, you know, from the acid, like Cuba Cuba or something of that nature to, you know, some of the Rocky Patel stuff who, you know, people oftentimes just hear the name Rocky and automatically assume, you know, no, that's too strong for me. Yeah, but you don't be a bitch. <laughs> well, you know, hey. We all got to start somewhere, man. And with that, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. And we're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CigarNerdPod. Get your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use the promo code CigarNerds and get your smoking shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And... With that, this is the way. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.